Welcome back to the Beers and Steers podcast, episode one of the 2021 season. I think I've said it five years in a row, but boy, does it feel good to be back. John, are you we excited? Are yeah. This is, golly, what year is this? Not Texas back. Don't, no, we're, no, not, no. we're not doing that. What year is this now? This is six. 2016 really? was, the, was the first. This is this is your six and coach three. <laughs> uh, it's a good ratio. Yeah, maybe not the best. Maybe we should have left that out. All right, let's start that out. No, like, you're six. No, it's, I think we've really come a long way. You know, we've finally adapted to the whole being in different cities thing. Zoom is really yeah. so. Maybe that was a like a positive of COVID. yeah. That on Godly, you might be right. Zoom. That has definitely been a positive. It's been a hell of a lot easier than. Putting, pointing the microphone down towards the speaker <laughs> and hoping that it would all work out and going from, you know, various roommates turning on the heater when the heater has to be off in the middle of winter, which, you know, issues, issues, issues. I mean, now there's a third member of the Beers and Steers family, Lucy Ack. No, I'm kidding. It's Ashley Atkins. Thanks. John is now married. Congrats, John. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we've uh, survived the first six months, so it's all all good. But yeah, Ashley. I think Lucy, they say the second six months is the hardest, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never experienced it, so I'll let you yeah. know. Okay, please do. Report back. So oh, hey, by the end be, of this podcast, by the end of the, that will be by a new of the thing season, this year, you will probably hear Lucy barking in the background. That's the that's first. That's not a bad thing. Um, that's going to be a new element to the podcast, I'm happy to announce. Um, I am going to miss your banter of yelling at web to turn off the air conditioning that's always good that's always but i always mute the mic like you never knew when i i would do it well you would i would text john and say hey web just turned off the ac or turned on the ac or turned on the heater i gotta go run and turn it off and i'd throw and throw my mic on mute run outside turn it off make sure it's all right by the time i ran back in my room i could hear web go oh damn it <laughs> and then i'd be we'd be either sweating or uh shivering by the end of the night but hey whatever well you know i'm glad i'm glad that's been retired but i i, I would like to say i think we made it a solid four minutes without mentioning web so yeah if you have your bingo card um make sure you get those out you just you can check that box that's that might be the free square actually yeah that that is a that's a guarantee for sure okay well the next square um that's a nice little segue, John. Beer of the week. Yeah, we're really going to put an emphasis on actually having the beer of the week again. We kind of went away from that in 2020 and probably I think 2019 as well. Shout out to Thomas Rochelle for probably all his 2018 and 17 too. Huh? Nothing. Continue. So, beer of the week um, comes from the great city of San Antonio, Texas. Um, it is from Viva, which is a San Antonio bre- San Antonio brewery that. The one and only Jordan McGinty, also known as Jordan Frazier, produced me to last weekend for, for a birthday present. Um, that was oh. very her to bring me a six-pack of beer to enjoy on Friday evening. Um, but we are drinking the Battle of Hops IPA, which um, I just lost the intro. But um, yeah, it's a beer from San Antonio. So give it a try. It's cool Let's looking. Check it out. And um, yeah, you probably can get it from Central Market, Whole Foods, you name it. Happy birthday, Jordan. Happy birthday, Ford. And Wednesday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, happy birthday, John. Um, yeah, don't forget to text me. Please, he gets sensitive. All right, let's dive right in. Yearly rant, 
happens every year, whether you know it or not, but here it goes. Go ahead. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same. What was that? Nope, never mind. Well, the more things change, the more things stay the same. John interrupting me and such. If you're feeling comfortable in this uncomfortable Texas football environment, I don't really blame you. I've had one of those flashes that I'd been there before. At the time, the Herman firing seemed a little rash and short-sighted, both to me, John, and most of the fan base. Chris Delconi had stated that he was our coach. The university was on its third president in 10 years, same for AD and same for football coach at the time. You're trying to build a new stadium and will finally bring you to contention as a tier one facility, despite what your average t-shirt fan will tell you. And meanwhile, the country is completely locked down with a virus that won't seem to end and no, we're not getting into coronavirus. It seems like a bad time to make a change at your largest money making vehicle as a university, but a little bit of risk always comes with a little bit of reward and vice versa. And comes Steve Sarkeesian. Many, including us here at the Beers and Cheers podcast, thought it was a stretch to hire him, mostly John. Why would he want to come and take this job while he could keep up churning out natties with Nick Saban and then wait and take his absolutely ideal job? Maybe the announcement in July to join the SEC had a little bit to do with uh, swaying Steve. He would get to coach in the best conference in the country while also leaving it at the same time. But was Urban Meyer giving the same info? I don't know. Did that – Did Urban Meyer spurning Texas kick Hartzell and CDC in the butt and say, hey, we need to reevaluate our current situation. And when did these conversations with Greg Sankey begin and when did they become serious? And who cares about the Big 12 anymore? I think I do right now, but ask me again in a year and I probably won't give a shit. So we arrive at the uncomfortable nature of this team's current status that we've grown so used to. But hope comes around every August, regardless of who your coach is. So let's just hope that we won't stay uncomfortable much longer. All right. So before you dive into that, I want to make one comment. And I want to say that SMU did something that both UT and All Saints failed you, which is taught you how to, one, write, and uh, two, read. That was very well done. Thank you. Seriously, as I, as I read that and listened to you, I was like, wow, he's that was like good sentence structure again. Like that's, that, I've never seen you do that before. Again? So go ahead. Keep going. No, I, I, that's my, I wrote that, I do this every year and it just is more of just like getting it out on the paper to start everything off. Yeah. But I don't know this year I've kept on feeling this like sense of uncomfortableness that we've grown so comfortable with. And it's so damning that that's where you are as a fan, but it, it are, are we not comfortable with it? You have to be right. Yeah. I mean, I guess how do, where do we want to start? Do we want to start like, Oh, uh, you, you finally Tom paying Herman your being fired. Like, what you finally paying your bet to me that Tom Herman wouldn't be fired. I never, I never made a bet. Yes, you did. Webb, tell him. Prove it to me. Somebody. And you did. Digging back into, I think I said he was going to, he wasn't going to be fired before the end of the season. I think he said he wasn't going to be fired. Okay. Well, I was wrong. I'll buy you a beer. Congratulations. You, so, know, you're, you already paid for my dinner. That's what I'm saying. You already paid for this bet. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, El Tiempo, when I came so, right before your wedding. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so have I become comfortable with the whole idea of Steve Sarkeesian being our coach? I would say no. Um, but have I gotten over the fact that we needed to move on? Like, I really didn't want to fire Tom Herman. I think 
a lot of the AM success and losing Quinn Ewers pretty much put the nail in the coffin for Tom. I just don't know if I'm quite really comfortable with Steve being the coach yet. I, you know, I think it's it's nice having a different voice to listen to during the 20 minute press conferences, but you know, I just I like I'm not sure if he's quite there yet. I'm like really ready to be leading a program. So um only time will tell. But I agree with you. It just seemed like a, a very forced forced move, but it is what it is at this point. And I think the SEC memo got to him, like you said, halfway through your deal. Yeah. There's and, no way it did it. Yeah, and there's there's that opportunity to be in the SEC is is and one be that Texas is like a golden opportunity. So I think that had a lot to go or a lot um we'll get to the sec but yeah like think go back a, well, not a year but you know go back nine months after the iowa state loss and if you if let's say the sec announcement came last july and the iowa state loss happens are you not even more so like get him the hell out of here to herman yeah no that's a good point i, I don't know that's because that's why it, these these moves, yeah, didn't make sense to someone like me and you, who I would like to consider we are in the top, you know, ninety five percent of following this damn team. But like to the Delcani and to Hartz, or I, I know what Hartzell was at at that point, but like to the powers of B, Eltife, and specifically, they've already had these conversations with Sankey, and they've already had some yeah. sort of interaction and some sort of assurance that this thing will probably happen they're probably like okay we no one else knows this but we got to do something yeah the, the, the things weren't changing any time they saw the what was coming on the horizon it was time to make a move and this was a good opportunity and they did it i mean i don't think we overpaid to get steve but um regardless there is the overarching fear of like oh my god we just built this stadium of which i don't know what the financials were behind it but uh we don't know what this COVID situation is going to be in terms of filling up stadiums. I like to think that all the stadiums are going to be full this year, just because yeah. we missed that. So how do you pay for Sarkeesian? I hope you just hope he wins and fills the stadium up as quick as possible. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything is cured by winning, um, getting into more of the financials, you know, with the sec thing, or do you, do you think we actually haven't really talked about this. Do you think that we're in the sec playing games next fall? Everyone seems to believe so. Um, I, I don't, you know, I would say yes, because that seems like the most obvious and rational thing. Why would you stick around um, for a while? And I know you're going to have to say the buyout, but I would like to think that we can probably afford that and stomach it for the greater profits that would come. But you know, I just don't get why you would stick around for three years to get you know, you have such a target on your back, but well, I guess we already had one, but a bigger target <laughs> on back the rest yeah. of the rest of the years in the big 12. So why not just bite the bullet and make the move and make that transition. Yeah. But with that being said, I mean, that those, that decision has to be made pretty quickly because the schedule right. for 2021 comes out in like January. Yeah. So, and uh, you're not the one, we're not the ones cutting the check. I agree with you though. You have to do it. I mean, it's literally a divorce. It's like at some point, the attorneys go away and the mom and dad look at you like, all right, let's just get this over with. Come on, just pay me, you pay me, whatever. Let's get out of here. Wow. 
I, I, yeah, well, sorry. Not speaking from personal experience. Love you, mom <laughs> and dad. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't see why you wouldn't. What's the point of sitting around and just letting this like hate stew between TCU yeah. and Tech and Oklahoma State? And I mean, OU's there with them. Now, I will give credit going back to the initial announcement. I think the most credible thing that has gone so underrated is how lockstep OU and Texas was throughout this entire process. That was incredible. I don't know how they did that with no leaks. And of course the leaks came from an A&M side. I mean, that's just, of course, but regardless, I don't know how they kept that under wraps a and B how they did it together at the exact same time, same agreement, the whole night. Yeah, no, it was very well done. Two, two very well run universities can work together and like help other rather than do what a certain other university did. So, um, yeah, I thought that that was amazing that we were able to work in that manner. But I think both schools knew, like, if one's making a move, we both got to make the move. We're not going to yeah. bail on each other. So, yeah, I mean, it's that was quite the uh, shock when that first came out. Shout out to Will Wild being the first person that sent it to me. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't read it. I thought it was just yet another stupid article. And then all of a sudden it started gaining some traction. And a week later, yeah. it's official. I, I didn't believe it at first either, but, you know. Um, I thought the funniest part of all of it was like AM at first, and whether this is all fake or not, who knows? But AM being like, Yeah, no, we're not in. And then everyone was like, Yes, you are. And yeah, then, you are. And they're like, Okay, yeah, we are. They're dumb. I mean, they realize that it does benefit them while also hurting them more than anyone else besides yeah. Big 12 members. But yeah, that was that was inter- that was a fun couple of days. So we haven't really, I mean, we kind of talked about the move we haven't said like do you like it yeah do you you mean that what's what is your over yeah i mean i'm I'm obviously not opposed to it i mean yeah you're worried that you're going to become like a south carolina and just you know never be that relevant and except for those one or two years when you have steven garcia or whatever that guy's name was at quarterback like yeah you obviously worry about that but you also have to have faith and having that big of a pro this big of a program and this much money coming in and I mean, do you trust Elkani or not? I do, um, especially after he screwed over TCU. Um, but, like, yeah, you obviously got to be a little scared. You'd be, you're lying if you're not, right? Because yeah, after the last decade that you have, you're like, okay, if we do this in the SEC, like, it's it's going to be even uglier. It's one thing losing – I guess, I don't know. I actually take that back. I might have – I already think of an argument. It's like I was like, it's one thing – I was about to say, it's one thing losing to Kansas. I was like – Actually, no, that is one thing. You can't, you can't, like, you can't compare that. Like losing to, you know, Vanderbilt, I guess Vanderbilt's pretty bad, but like, who would you least likely to lose to? Kansas is, Kansas is probably still number one on that list. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's the ultimate goal of like being surrounded by and playing better talent. You become a better team or like there's a bigger right. value in the game and there's more investment from the team, which I think yeah. that's the thing. But, uh, uh, my biggest thing about it is like one, I'm happy. I think it was the right move. We clearly over since over the last ten years have lost uh, value uh, in terms of most of our games. You know, there's no one in the at the games are pretty, and that, that comes from losing. But there's like no entertainment at the DKR games other than the non-conference yep. games. Right. There's that. Um, there's more investment from student athletes in terms of like, okay, I actually want to play for university because these are bigger games and there's much more excitement but the bigger picture is the ncaa as a whole and what that's gonna be like so i think there's a bigger 
issue at hand, which with NIL and all that, that yeah, yeah. We might not make this SEC move um, as radical and drastic as everyone's kind of made it out to be. So it'll be interesting to see over the next few years. Um, I look forward to having a tar- bigger target on our back in the Big 12, but um, hopefully Sarkeesian's able to handle that, unlike his uh, previous two coaches who uh, kind of been over. So I'm just excited to go to Athens and Tuscaloosa and Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, all finally. those non-conference games that we had set up now have to get all re- Gainesville. recalibrated. So I've never been to Nashville, so I'll go to Vanderbilt. SEC. We got plenty of boring weeks to talk about the SEC. Let's talk about other off-season stuff. Uh, okay, I think going into like back to Sarkeesian, the coaching additions, I had the hiring of Pete Kwiatkowski, I think, is going to come down as probably the biggest hire of this past uh, of the mm-hmm. whole new coaching season because I, I don't yeah, know I, I promise you dude this guy I, I really do think that he's way smarter than he's letting on and he may not be as personable or as like the recruiting savvy that we've had but I, I, I really do think that his fundamentals and his schemes are the real deal and he actually has some talent to work with in terms of that. I, I'm I'm completely sold on him. I think the rest of the the staff as a whole was probably about a B plus, maybe an A minus. You know, if you can, I'm mostly weighing that on the kind of lack of recruiting. Now this past week they've gotten three recruits, but the summer was pretty bad, and uh, obviously we haven't seen anything unbelievable on the field. So that's what I'm judging it off of. So I'll, I'll stay conservative and say the B plus, but Pete Krakowski really, really bumps that up for me. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to his interviews, it's nothing that's going to blow you away. The guy can drive. Oh, no. Both, uh, it's Belichick, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. He's he's not a fan of the camera. But uh, no. he, you know, I'll be interested to see. I mean, they a lot of the Austin – Media quickly hit on the fact that he was able to shut down Mike Leach a lot up there at UW. So I just I wonder if there is a, a smarter, you know, he he's had a lot of success. I look forward to seeing how it translates into every week faster paced offenses. That uh, that's true. Yeah, face, especially at the Cotton Bowl. So we'll see. Yeah, how, that's very true. I'm not as excited as you are about the hire. Uh, I'm more excited about Flood. Uh, I think that was a great bring with uh, Sarkeesian. I think that's uh, going to have a huge impact on that recruiting within this state, which has been super lacking. Terrible. Lost a lot of traction with. It's the other bingo card is us ranting about how bad the O line uh, play has been for the past. So no, you've got you've you've got got like two two more spots, and then and then you got it. No, but seriously, like we got to get bigger. I mean, we got to get bigger, and better, and have more depth in the offensive line to have a chance. I mean, especially if our quarterbacks are average at best. Like, yeah, been killing us for for years, and, and Jimbo has done an amazing job of stealing all these kids out of the Houston area um, lately. So we've got to kind of start there, and hopefully that that hire or that I don't know if you call that a hire, but a bring. <laughs> like, it yeah, was. yeah, I don't. Well, we'll call it a hire. Um, let's talk about yeah. the most important off-season thing for you and that's just been monitoring the construction camera <laughs> and going you. full project manager for like the past six months i don't know how, so, i think i've gotten three texts from john separately being like man i don't know it's it's probably not gonna be done i don't think it's gonna be done 
to my point, I would like to let it be known that they haven't working 24 hours for the last like four months to get that thing done. So and that's that is not, I mean, we have probably spent so much money on expediting to get that thing done because I guarantee you every for those who don't know, this is John's like normal eight to five is this type of stuff. So well, I appreciate it. A- give, me, give me 20 seconds on it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Everything in that project is custom. So I guarantee it's back ordered, <laughs> stuck on some ship somewhere. So they've been working their asses off every single night. I'd be interested. I won't be up there this weekend, um, but I'd be interested to see how much stuff is not done as you walk around. Cause I guarantee you they put an emphasis on getting everything in the seats and everything that's exposed on the outside done. And there are some concessions that aren't done. There's probably some booths that aren't done. I guarantee it. So some toilets that aren't working. There's no way based on how unfinished that thing was two weeks ago. And that's all I got. I have. Yeah, I was about to say, you done? You feel better? That does. I have checked the camera, which is now offline, by the way, which is devastating. Oh, it to, is? I have to shift over to the Moody Center camera. It's so devastating. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. Which, by that. the way, that is going very swimmingly. They're doing a good job there. I did not realize that. They taken it offline. Damn, that's this kind of sad. I will report back. I'm also, I also don't think we're going to see its full potential until a night game because we've seen some like little yeah. excerpts of the Longhorn lighting up and all that stuff. So I don't think it's be fully brought out, fully debuted until the night game. Uh, also, report back. I'll put a note. Report back on the sound. I heard that was a huge emphasis as well. I will to, yeah, I feel like we've heard that for five years though, but um, I'll report back. Don't you worry. Okay. Right. Let's talk about some actual fucking football, huh? Uh, offense quarterback Hudson Card announces the starter last week. Uh, or is that this week? It was this week, I think it was Monday. No, no, it was last week. You're right, it was last week. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I think that was expected. I I don't know. I've heard some people to me, it was expected. I don't know why. I just feel like he fits this offense a lot better. I think Casey fits Herman's offense a lot better, and um, Card is just a the more accurate passer, a little more fluid. I know, don't, if you say the Colorado game, I'm hanging up. But nope. I don't know. I, 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 the, the really surprising thing to me was saying that Casey's going to play. I, I don't know what the hell that was. I felt like the longer it went without an answer, the more experienced player had a better chance, honestly. So that really? was surprised. I, I thought that was just more of kind of mind games than, it, or not mind games, but like not letting uh, Ula La know, but. Sure. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think it was the pretty easy decision. Also, it was just one of the he Sarkeesian's probably not thinking like this, but like to me, if you don't pick card, if it's Casey, card's transferring immediately and he's oh, gonna go fuck that. You can't think of that way. I'm sorry. I, I, I but it, and he's gonna go kill it somewhere. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You can't you can't No, say- I know. There's definitely a huge camp that thought that Colt McCoy was not the answer and Jevin Sneed was RIP. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like watching, watching the ex-girlfriend walk away and be like, "God," you know. It was. It would have been a little weird. But but frankly, at the end of the orange and white game, you were right. There was a kind of a feeling like, man, the more accurate passer was Hudson the whole time. Yes. Um, he had happy feet and couldn't really stay still. But when he did, like he was act, he was better. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, I don't know much about the law defense. We'll get to it a little bit, but. Um, Hopefully he can stay comfortable and stay on his feet and, and kind of get comfortable until the first quarter. My biggest concern at the quarterback position, honestly, is if one of them does transfer, 
Um, yeah, you have beer, beer for Austin High. <laughs> yeah, your backup is literally Charles Wright. Who, my God, I, I know. he's probably a Fiji pledge for all we know. Like, so, yeah, that that's that's a hundred percent the scariest part. That's why I think the Casey comment about him playing might have something to do with that. At least for like the first however many games, uh, you know, keep him around just in case some well, something happens. But who knows? I guess you still have Roshan technically as like a emergency force. Strength. That's true. That is true. And I, I never thought about that. God, him and Bijan back there running Wildcats, pretty, that'd be cool. pretty, that'd be that'd be really cool. Speaking of, I mean, yeah. I don't really. There's not much to talk about with the running backs. I think the best group. Like it's obviously the best. Actually. I'll, we'll, we can debate this later, but one of the best position groups on the on this team, and the Keelan Robinson addition is obviously huge. Bijan's going to be John tenth tenth highest uh, Heisman favorite, and Roshan is just so steady and so stable. I, I don't know what what else to say other than the expectations for this running back room are probably the highest they've been since oh, I don't know Vermont uh, and Jamal like. No, no, no. The the biggest expectation. I'm sorry, I dropped my football here. That's no, those. I I meant like as as like two, three running backs as a whole. Oh yeah, well Malcolm and um, Alito guy. I'm blanking. <laughs> oh Jay Gray, yeah, that's true. That is true. That was a pretty big. I mean, I always feel terrible when I talk about Jay Gray. My God. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean that that was a pretty big deal. But yeah, I think this is our strongest group without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I think we can get to the what we expect or what's our hot take of the offense and defense in a little bit, but I, I expect some great stuff out of uh, Bijan this year. And I think there's a lot of pressure on him, man. I mean, he put a pretty big statement out there in the Allen Bowl and so we'll see if uh, we can come out and hit it well off first. And then in K-State played yeah. unbelievable that game as well. But yeah, I agree um, to get in front of, keep going forward. The guys in front of him, O-line looking good on paper. Now, from left to right, Christian Jones, first-year starter, left tackle. That worries me, even though he did have a bunch of starts at rest, right tackle last year. And then Okafor, who's basically been here, I don't know, 10 years or so, majors at center, which was a bit surprising, but I don't know. I, I like it. And then Angelau at right guard and uh, Kerstetter at right tackle. Angelau, surprisingly, has the second most starts of that of those guys, uh, behind Kerstetter and then Okafor at 14. I was going to say Oak, you would think I'd be at the top. But. You would think, but he technically only has 14 career starts. But I think if you look at snaps played, Okafor is probably a lot closer than that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, on paper, this is a good offensive line. I don't think it's a great offensive line. I think it's a above average run game offensive line. Pass pro, I really worry. And a not a freshman left tackle, but a – new starting left tackle is a big, big part of that. Um, oh, yeah. We had a pretty solid rock there for a while in Cosme. So there's definitely, obviously, their drop-off concern. Shout out Cosme. I saw he got rated the highest offensive ta- rookie offensive tackle um, so far in the preseason. Um, so I'm, good for him. I'm interested in hating Connor. I think there's been yeah. a lot of attention around him. Um, so that's what I'm going to keep an eye out for. I think you know the starters are all the guys who have played so far, but I'm interested to see what Hayden Connor can do. I agree with you. He supposedly looks great in uh, in camp, and it's just one of those guys like, you know, is has probably the talent, but maybe just hasn't put it all together yet. I mean, he's also 19, um, but still, I, I agree with you. He's going to be fun to watch 
maybe later this year into next year. Uh, going right. to the outside, going to the more uh, fun position that I hear about. So let's talk about the wide receivers. Obviously, the uh, keep your fingers crossed. Jordan Whittington stays healthy. That's Good Lord. the. Oh God, I mean, how many over under? How many games does he make without going off on the sideline? I'll say two. Was <laughs> it half? One half? Yeah, like yeah, maybe a half. Yeah. So you obviously got Josh Moore coming back. Um, there's a lot of excitement around him. I see he can turn into like the Duvernay. Um, and then obviously the big, big deal that gets all the attention is Xavier Worthy, um, the true freshman. So I'm uh, interested to see what he can do. But I think you've made note of it in your notes that there's a lot of concern with depth here. You know, yep. you know, going to see freaking Kai Money come out there and catch screens again or is someone else step up like – Alfonte Woodard was a four or five star out of Houston. That guy needs to step up now. Yep. Um, you know, Marcus Washington as well. He kind of had a few drops last year. So we'll see if the, you know, I'll say Xavier Worthy, Winnington, and Josh Moore are your top guys. And then beyond that, it gets a little. It gets real thin. And we've heard good things about Troy Mary. Of course, he's hurt and he's out this game because he wasn't yep. wearing a knee brace in that one of the scrimmages. Um, don't know why. And then Calvante Dixon, who started against uh, Colorado on his first start and actually played pretty well. Had a, did he have a touchdown? I think he did. I and think he did, yeah. uh, uh, both those guys, you know, got to be able to provide depth. But I think what really worries me is just looking. Oh, Mary's the only guy over 6'2, and yeah. he's 6'3. I, I know Colin Johnson, those types of receivers aren't the norm anymore, but gosh, it's just, it's just worries me. Um, especially if you look at Sark's, I, I look, if you're looking at Sark's offense, like last year, okay, yeah, Devontae Smith is a freak and he, but he wasn't that big. Mechie wasn't that big. Waddle, obviously not that big. So maybe he's okay with have, not having that large receiver, but I don't know, man, just having those guys on, Third and six, that you know, runs seven yards, comes back, catches the ball, barely first down is just comforting to have. And you don't have that. Was that Lucy? Hey, you heard that. Nice. Uh, okay. Hey, I didn't know Josh Moore was our freaking leading receiver last year. Yeah. Huh. Uh, okay. Let's go to players to watch on offense. Who, uh, who do you have here? You're going to skip over tight ends, but okay. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, it's Brewer and Wiley. Brewer's been there yeah. for 10 years. And well, what's Wiley. that guy's name, the, uh, the two-way player? Oh, Jatavian Sanders? Yeah. I'd be surprised if he's playing a lot, but he might. Um, I mean, he's technically not oh, listed yeah. on – he's not listed on the three deeps, so. Okay. I mean, he's a true freshman. He's a freak. He's a five-star freak, but he's not yeah. listed, so. Okay. Uh, okay. Players, player to watch. How, let's just do hot take. Hot take, the guy that you think is going to be, you know, really step out. So, like, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, the hot take is saying, like, Bichon, uh, Robinson wins a, a Doug Walker. I don't think that's really – I mean, I think there's a legit chance of that. Um, I don't think saying him in New York is that hot either. I think there's a legit chance of that, especially with the new offensive scheme. So – um, I'm going to say Hudson Card throws for, I don't know, first year. I'm going to say he throws for 25 touchdowns his first year. Damn. 
Okay. I, yeah, I, I actually don't disagree with that completely. I think the bigger number is going to be his interceptions. Not larger. I mean, like the more impactful number is how many interceptions does he throw? But yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't hate that. I think a guy for me to really make this offense click, and we saw it against K State, and we saw it against Colorado when Kerstetter got hurt, is uh, Majors, Jake Majors. He played really, really, really well in both of those games, and being able to get up to that second level and get that running back, or I mean, sorry, get that linebacker and open up the holes for Bijan and uh, Roshan and Keelan. I think he's just the type of guy that can kind of glue this offense together and having a great center really does that. Um, now, of course, he has got a tough match ahead of him this week in the no tackle for uh, Louisiana, which we'll get to, but he's just the type of guy that I don't know. I, I believe that he could be unlock a little bit more of this running game that's already there. Yeah, just, that's kind of boring because you literally can't put anything sort of value-wise on her. There's no like – Yes, you can. There's no benchmark of that. Like you say, oh, he's been in the holds all year. Congrats. Stats don't, yeah. stats don't show up for alignment, so it doesn't matter. I don't, okay. I don't care. I don't care if there's no stats. Defense. All right. Let's go to defense. Let's start off with what I was hinting at, what I believe the best position group on this team in the defensive line. I feel incredibly comfortable with the two deep straight across of this defensive line. I'm going to start with the two deep going from the Jack, which is like the weekend mm -hmm. to the buck, which is his strong end Two deep is Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, Tavondre sweat. And that OV Ogifofofu from Notre Dame. That's your two deep. I mean, who says no to any of those guys? Tavondre has obviously kind of had a couple issues, but still very, very good. And then your one, your starters, Jacoby Jones, Moro Joma, who had a really good interview on uh, Longhorn Network. I highly suggest not on Longhorn Network. It was just like a player availability after practice. Very, very smart kid. Like wants to be an attorney. Like he, he said, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go get my JD MBA at some point. I'm like, all right, dude. Well, you got a game to play, so maybe worry about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, priorities, man. Priorities. <laughs> you have Jacoby Jones, Moro Jomo, and Keandre Coburn at nose tackle. Who, okay, I'll save it. But and then Ray Thornton, the LSU transfer, which we obviously yep. haven't seen. But I mean, he was a senior transfer. I have a feeling he's just as good as any edge guy that we would have had on the roster, if not better. Yeah, who do you uh, think has a bigger impact on the transfer of Ray Thornton or Ben Davis? Oh, Thornton for sure. I mean, Davis is like, I don't know. I, I don't think – I know he's an Alabama guy, so, so people are kind of freaking out, but uh, I, I don't I don't have as much faith in him. I mean, he heard some rumblings from the defensive – or from the Alabama side that he just like never put it together and just never lived up to the preseason – or the high school ranking. Frankly, I would just say due to the lack of depth at Ben Davis's position, he might have more of a presence, but we'll see. That's, that's true. That's that's not a bad argument. Um, but I mean, all those guys are absolute studs. And, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll say it. I think Coburn could be an All-American, definitely for sure, first team All-Big 12, no doubt about it. Okay, so that's probably your hot take. That's actually not my hot take, but okay. we'll get to that. Let's go to the next level. Linebackers. Uh, first off, PTF, protect the protect the damn family. 
Brockmire starting is awesome. I'm proud as a All Saints alum to see that. That is very, very cool. Um, Go Tigers. Woo. Saints, but nice try. Uh, I think he's earned it, man. He played really, really well in the spring game. I think he had a pick then. He supposedly has a ton of picks in fall camp. He's very good at just, you know, mentally reading an offense, supposedly, while also being able to not just get absolutely run over. And if he's doing he's that against – white guy. It's gonna be great. He's gonna be Skowski. He's gonna be AJ Hawk. You know, he's gonna be that guy. I'm, I'm jacked up for that. I, I really am excited to see this. How much of that is All Saints versus a good a good portion of it? Uh, I, I I will not lie to you. My bias is extremely heavy. It might be heavier than anyone else. Um, so I think obviously Texas yeah. football history. That's great, but I think the big all the attention, the spotlight is on Dem, uh, Demarion, obviously. So, I mean, he's I guess over under how many straps will he have on his arm next week? Or he same. made a comment about it in his press conference the other day. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so that's that's the first thing is that I think over under four and a half on his left arm, probably Ooh. over. Yeah, probably taking the over. First game it's gonna be hot, real sweaty. Yeah, but yeah, I think he obviously uh, has to fill in and. Fill that void of Joseph Osai. So this is a yep. big, big year for him. Yep. You know, Joseph had 54 tackles last year, third leading tackler. So there's a lot of, a lot of plays that need to be made. Um, as someone needs to kind of fill that void, and I think all the tension's on him. So, you know, he made a pretty big statement in a few of the, uh, the live practices that they showed. I know that everyone's kind of hyped up about him. So, I think a lot of the attention's going to be on him, like it was Joseph Osai last year. I agree with you. I also do think we're going to see a little bit of Jalen Ford. Um, he's supposedly faster just as fast as DeMarvion, which is really scary but uh that's what I heard from practice reports but yeah i think this linebacker depth has obviously been helped a lot by ov and ben davis's transfer yeah. um and that uh i forgot about that devin richardson the new mexico state i don't know if he's really gonna play i don't think so but still that that gets helped out a lot to supplant the lack of uh, depth. So I forgot uh, Oye Dele uh, a day away, away. Oh yeah, a day away. Uh, uh, is still on the team. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, you know, he had a really bad year. Was that two years ago? But regardless, still depth. Uh, okay, moving to the to the back end safeties. A little bit of a position change. Um, Schooler, Brendan Schooler, going from receiver to safety. Uh, he's technically the free safety in this defense, but he kind of plays more of the field safety. It's you'll you'll see it. Uh, and then oh, I'm getting, kind of, I'm getting kind of a vibe of that. What was that white kid who sucked when we were in college? Blake Gideon. No. Oh, Dylan Haynes. Whoa, take that back. Blake Gideon was not bad. Okay, well, he has probably the most famous worst play ever. Okay, great. Have you ever made a mistake in your life? Yeah. He's also on the staff now, so I guess I can't really say that. So, uh, he's moving over to free safety. Uh, he's playing. Yes. BJ Foster is going to be playing right next to him. We know what BJ is. We worry about him in coverage. He's going to go. He's going to have a few due to those, but he can play that run game very, very, very well. Uh, and then he's also going to leave with his helmet and get a 15 yard penalty and eject in like the second game of the year. So that's fine. I want some physicality. I say that now, but when he does it against OU, I'll yell. Uh, Jaron Thompson is. <laughs> 
I, I I expect him to play some snaps. Whether when BJ you know gets blown in coverage, or you just need to go like super cover, you know, really make sure you've got your uh, fastest guys on the field. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of Jerry Thompson, number twenty eight, um, and then as well as Chris Adamora. I know that technically the Nickelback yeah. or whatever uh, what does he call it? Damn it, the star is Anthony Cook, but. I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see a lot of Adam Moore. I know it's a little different, the defense, but Anthony Cook's the guy, supposedly. Well, it's time for him to step up. He's a senior. He hasn't done anything his whole career. So the star, well, the star is like, you know, the nickel back in this. And it's, you know, similar to what Adam Moore played last year and whatever the, they called that the spur. But I, I guess, yeah, Anthony Cook is obviously a very, very talented player. He didn't quit on try to transfer from these coaches. So maybe they're giving him another chance. I, I, I don't know. But if he can kind of play that physicality with the speed that he has, I, I'm I'm fine with it. I just I did like Adam Moore last year. I thought he played really well. So this position, kind of like the wide receiver crew, I, I, I feel like we've had so much turnover, one, from guys leaving, but like so many injuries the last few years. I'm interested to see what their durability is under a new – I mean, I know injuries are always going to happen, but um, I feel like we've had so many injuries in the past in the, in the uh, defensive back room. And so I don't know if we can really afford a man. Tyler Owens needs to kind of step up. He was kind of a highly rated guy, pretty yep. big dude. So he might be getting serious playing time if an injury occurs. So – that's the other thing I want to keep an eye on is, you know, who that who that new guy, because Adam Moore, like you said earlier, is kind of the guy who came out of nowhere last year. Yeah. So who is going to be that guy this year? Okay. Hot take, defensive player. This is not that hot of a take, but I think he's the most important part of this def- defense. And the how how far and how well DeMarvion Overshawn plays is how well this defense is going to go. And I think he's kind of the ceiling. He's going to be pushing that ceiling. Can he be rangy enough to – track down the intermediate throws and disruptions while also still being able to strong enough to play the run on the inside. Can he, you know, go sideline to sideline making those tackles um, and kind of cover up for Brockemeyer, maybe not being able to the most athletic. No, that's not a white guy comment, but Overshawn is just the probably the most athletic player on this team, frankly. And can he really play up to that? That's what I'm, looking for and he's got to be he has to be for this defense to be as good as it i think it can be but put something statistical for we actually can compare back to stop just saying things uh demarvion will finish with over 130 tackles what that's not that many you know our leading tackler had 60 yeah 60 tackles last year that's not i'm he could do it. So he's gonna have double what our leading tackler had last year. Okay, maybe not double. Now you're just making me sound dumb. Yeah, I am because somebody wasn't prepared. I'll go on and take over this portion of the like. Okay, Osai in 2019 had 90. That's not that crazy. Okay, so what? Did, what Malik is your... Malik in 17 had 110. Okay, what's your number? 122. You want to hear mine? Jordan Hicks, 2014, 113. That's not that crazy. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I think this defense forces – I'm going to stick with my number. 
So last year we had 18 turnovers in a short season. I want to go 25 turnovers forced this year. Wow. That's a lot. I I think I don't know. I just don't see this these we didn't even talk about Jameson or uh well, Josh Thompson. well, that's true. But I mean a quarterback is playing a huge role in the interception game. I don't know. I that seems like a high to me. I don't I think these cornerbacks are physical and great coverage. I don't I guess Jameson has a, had that unbelievable highlight reel grab. So um, yeah. You know, 25. 25 sounds okay. for Hudson, 25 forced turnovers by the defense. That's my actual bench line for our team to get to. Okay, let's go to the other side of the, the other sideline. Louisiana Raging Cajuns coached whoa, whoa, whoa. by what? Awesome. Cameron Dicker. Still around. Okay. He's the punter. He's also the kicker. How many kickoff returns and punt returns for touchdowns does Deshaun have? Four. Ooh, okay. I like that. I was going to go with three. That's a lot. I worry about Dicker being the punter, though. I don't like that. Well, it can't be. Uh, I don't know. Bucheski's not that bad. He's hurt. Okay. Ooh la la, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Billy Napier's unbelievable coach. Ten win, three ten win seasons in a row. Only lost um, one game last year to Coastal Carolina in a close one. Uh, also beat Iowa State. I think that was week two. It was one. One. Uh, yeah. And a very very. It wasn't even close. No, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. I don't think it was that close. Regardless. Napier's already being rumored as the guy to replace Edo, which is just a whole another story to laugh about. But he's already being linked to that. He said no to Auburn this past year when they hired Harson. He's a great, great, great coach, even better offensive coach. This is a good team. This is a very there is there is not a team in college football that is more senior laden, and uh, I think they're tied for most starters returned from last year, um, starting with the offense fifth year senior i think he's a fourth third year starter uh lefty quarterback levi lewis 54 touchdowns to 14 interceptions over his career um he's not going to completely overpower you know make the unbelievable throws but he's accurate he's smart with the football and can kind of move uh they lost their biggest losses on offense they lost two running backs to the nfl uh, i can't remember their names but they return all five O-linemen o- as well as their tight end and best receivers. This is a this is a good offense. Like, no question about it. This is not your typical cupcake offense. I, I think we hold this – if we hold these guys to under 30, 35, like, that's that's not bad. Especially first game, first, first game with a new defense coordinator, the whole nine. This is just lighting up to be – obviously troublesome <laughs> we've 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 been to maryland uh but again i think we might have a little bit of an advantage with the weather i'm really hoping that the 99 degree uh forecast high for saturday and the humidity is going to help tire both sides of the ball for them out um they've obviously been dealing a lot with louisiana it's terrible whatnot but you know let's just maybe hope they're not as conditioned as they should be uh, going under defense, they've got a stud, nose tackle, Talon Humphrey. I talked about the majors can have his handful. He's huge. He's like 6'5", 320, massive, massive guy. Uh, linebackers, uh, both linebackers are back. The secondary doesn't return a lot. 
Last year they had a bunch of inter- interceptions, I believe 14. Um, very good at taking the ball away. 16. 16, thank you. Uh, they they had a bad kicker last year, but they benched him like halfway through. But he was like five for ten for field goals at some point, and like missed a few PATs, like really really bad. They benched him and they brought in a new guy who I think was okay. But something to keep an eye on. You always know with those little teams, the special teams can get a little weary. Uh, okay, what's your prediction? Well, one, you were right. The game was not close versus Iowa State. It was thirty-one to fourteen. It was week one. I was correct, but week one was a week later last year. So ah. Little house cleaning there. I apologize. Um, so this was this game scheduled by Perrin or CDC? I want to say it was scheduled by Perrin. Oh gosh, good question. Because my lord, it really backfired on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's no other way to say it. This really sucks. Yeah, but, this is not your typical cupcake. Looking back at the stats of the Iowa State game, the Iowa State had like four turnovers and Louisiana had, I think, a punt return touchdown or a kickoff return touchdown or like an onside fluke thing. So I think they had a kickoff return for touchdown. Yeah. My number one thing is if we can get out of this game with zero turnovers, we win easily. But if we're handing them points and taking pressure off of them and making it as like our stadium gets flat, then we got ourselves a ball game. But I think if we come out, punch them in the face first, get the crowd into it, you know, like you said, the heat and the, the lack of conditioning, maybe due to everything that's been going on in Louisiana, may play in our factor. But we've got to take care of the ball. And if we do, I think we win 27-21. I think it's going to be a little more high scoring than that. I'm going to tone – not too much, but I'll tone it back, say – 42-34. Take the over. I think week one, it's always so tough to have that much offense. But, hey, you may be right. Bijan's just such an X factor. Like, if they have no, they have nothing for him, like, he could easily have three three touchdowns in, like, 150 yards. Well, that's a good question. Like, how many runs do you think Bijan will have? Is he going to be, like, God, Yeah, that's a good point. He's going to be pretty short. I'd set the over under, yeah, like, I don't know, 21. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be something high and they have a really high rushing, I don't, I don't, I can't recall what you said earlier if they're more passing or more running. But if we're running the ball, eating the clock up, and they're doing the same, I just think you're going to have a lot less possessions than you expect. So they're they're probably going to be throwing the ball a little bit more than running, um, just because of the new running back. But yeah, uh, okay. Now let's go into the really fun stuff that's always fun to look back on in three months when I look like an idiot. Big twelve, or sorry, Texas over under. Um, wins losses now most books have it at eight some still do have it at seven and a half with like heavy odds you got to bet a little bit more if you're taking the over uh obviously but most of them have it at eight i've i think eight and a half i haven't seen it eight and a half anywhere i'm gonna take chalk i'm gonna say eight and four i'm gonna say losses in fayetteville cotton bowl unfortunately Oklahoma State at home, and then Iowa State. I, I think we play really well at home this year. And meanwhile, you know, look, going up to Ames, going to Fayetteville, and obviously going to Dallas, that's that's tough. That's not a not easy places to play, especially if Iowa State's trying. If Iowa State is in the top 
10, if not more, if not better. And when we play them, and was that the eighth game in the ninth game of the season? Like that's a loss. They're going to absolutely be geared up for it. And Paul, and, oh my God, I almost just said Paul Rhodes. Good Lord. He's not the coach there. Matt Campbell is going to have these guys ready to go. My so, golly. Uh, I'm going to say eight and four. Okay, I'm also going to say eight and four, which is kind of lame, but I just four. Um, this is going to be kind of bullshit, but I'm going to say one of the ULA or Arkansas. Game. That's that's bullshit. I don't care. I already did it. So I don't hate the logic there because if you – It's a bylaw. Uh, yeah. It's a bylaw. <laughs> I don't hate the logic, but that's bullshit. Okay, I'm going to replace your always uh, <clears throat> Oklahoma State with TCU. And then I'm going to match your Cotton Bowl and Ames game. But I also – I'm a little weird. I feel like we might actually win in Iowa State this year. I just – I know – I can't believe I'm even saying it like that, but I feel like we're due. And so uh, I could see, like, randomly Iowa State being a win and we get to nine wins. So Yeah, I, I, I mean – it's a, we do have that kind of weird relationship with Iowa State and that we've kind of always played up to their level, especially, I mean, last year should have been a win, you know, well, whatever. two years in a row, dude, we've lost them by two years in a row. Yeah, you're right. So I don't, I don't, I don't hate that either. Um, but Campbell's got, they have a really good team and Purdy's back and they got a, a lot of guys back, which we'll get to later on in the season. But I, I don't, I don't hate it. I hate that we're taking chalk, but whatever. Uh, okay. No, wait, 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 before you, sorry, before you go too far. Thankfully, we have no bullshit Thursday games. That's uh, true. We have, I believe, the Kansas State is Friday after Thanksgiving. It so, is. Uh, we go. Wait, no. I think it's yeah, Saturday. It it's Saturday. It's the twenty sixth. It's twenty seventh. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now too. Uh, okay, I'm looking at it right now. I'm literally looking at it on Google, and it says the 26th. I'm looking at it on the thing that Texas sent me, and it says 27th. Did it change? Because I'm looking at November 26th at 11 a.m. I'm looking – I'm literally looking at the little thing that Texas was like, mail this, put this on here, or whatever. Oh, Wait, they're wrong. Okay, they're okay. on the website it says 26th. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay, thank you. I will send you a picture of it. It says 11 Like I'm, I'm literally not, looking at the thing. Okay. Say, like, what are you, like, freaking two-year-old? Dude, bro. Like, is it – do you have, like, a little magnet to put on your, your – It's your, like a little pop-up thing. You know, I just nailed it right by the computer. So I that's can, embarrassing. We got our own schedule wrong. <sighs> yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. Okay, but, but going back to what I was saying, just, you know – We've kind of hit it, hit on this previously, and like how you divide up the season. You know, you go, are you like, oh, non-conference, whatnot? We don't have a bye week. We go boom, 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 right. boom, boom, boom. No, well, we have a bye week in between Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah, that's a long way, man. Yeah, no, that's seven games. No, no, no breaks. All so, literally, all gas, no breaks. Obviously, last year, huge asterisk, but I want to say. 19 we had like a really good segmented schedule it was like three we three. did it was something really nice we had it we, we had a bye week right before OU, didn't we and then we had was, one yeah it was like some sort of extra weekend in the fall that so you like all weird and you like went to the calendar and stuff yes i do remember freaking out about that so that's something that's going to play into the deal too is that like we don't have any off weeks so injuries are going to really have a big big factor there in the middle of uh back half of november so let's see how that plays out and what kind of factor it has Okay, Big 12 standings, just so we have something in paper to, again, laugh at ourselves later. I'm going to OU. 
Iowa State, Texas. That school from Fort Worth, uh, Oklahoma State. I, I just don't think Oklahoma State's going to be as good as people think. I don't know why. Um, and I think TCU's going to be better than people think. I, I think we still beat them, but I, I think I, I believe that they will be better than uh, people give credit for. Although I did see today that Zach Evans is suspended for the first two games of their season for yeah. violation of team rules. Um, no big surprise yeah. there. The pride of North Shore Houston. Okay, what do you got? So I think this whole Iowa State, you know, love, I think they're a great team, but I think they actually have the attention on them, on them now, and they will be playing a lot of night games on the road, and that's going to have a big factor in terms of their losses this year. I have OU number one. We actually are number two. Uh, Iowa State is behind us, and then Oklahoma State and TCU has five. All right, uh, college football playoffs finalists and no idea yeah. i haven't even thought about it you go ahead and talk about it i'll Bama, georgia the ohio state and ou now i know that's that's chalk but actually it's not too much chalk because i'm not including clemson because while i think dj ukulele is really good i i don't think he's gonna be good enough i also think that they could lose to north carolina that's not that crazy to say um the rest of the ACC is pretty garbage. I mean, maybe Miami, but that's about it. But I still don't think they're they're going to make it. I think they'll they'll probably have at least one loss, if not two. Um, while Bama and Georgia can have a loss and still get in. Obviously, Ohio State, OU can have to go uh, lossless, but undefeated is the word you're looking for. It's lossless. Uh, <laughs> but you're uh, brain fart there. Wow. Shut up. <laughs> but, I didn't want to say anything. I was waiting. I was like, is he, is he okay? Okay. So uh, that's so then Bama plays OU, Georgia plays Ohio State. Bama, Georgia, redo. However, Georgia gets it done this year. I think JT Daniels, it's JT Daniels gone a long way from throwing like three picks against us in Austin in 2017 or whatever. Uh, but they've got a really, really good defense. That game against Clemson, the overs at like 51, which is crazy with both those offenses, but that's just how good their defense is. Um, I think Bama with Bryce Young, just new quarterback, it's tough, man, especially for a repeat. But, or wait, would this be three peat? Yeah. Uh, so, Georgia, dogs on top. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see how comfortable Spencer Rattler is. I mean, if he's rolling and has, grown tremendously and in pressure type situations because that was what took him down last year versus um, Iowa State and a few others. Um, if he's really rolling like everyone's kind of talking about, I think OU has a legit chance to win the national championship this year. I don't disagree with that. I, I thought about putting OU in against Georgia, but that's – I don't know. I, I We keep on hearing about how much better defense has gotten. And it's obviously gotten better from the, the mics – or. Mike Stoops era, but like, I, I don't know. I still don't think it's enough to stop like the best offenses that can always come out in these playoffs. Totally. Okay, games of the week, real quick. North Carolina at Vautech, 5 p.m. on Friday. ESPN, uh, North Carolina's minus five and a half. Sam Howell, Mackie Mack riding again, third year. I, I think they're going to be a very, very good offense. And I'll go ahead and call it that they're going to beat Clemson. Mac's going to have 
a great, great season riding that kid. He's probably – I don't know if he's the best quarterback in college football, but he's he's top three easily. Um, good team. I know nothing about Voltec. That's my disclaimer. Uh, Penn State at Wisconsin, 11 a.m. That's the big Fox game with your boy Gus. Uh, Wisconsin is my six. Yes, at Graham, Graham Mer- oh, I don't know if Joel Klatt's on that call. I'm going to guess he is. Uh, Graham Mertz was returning as a quarterback for Wisconsin, and Penn State's coming off a terrible year. However, and that Noah Kane, that stud running back from uh, – God, where do you go to high school? Somewhere in Texas. IMG. Is it IMG? Yeah. He was at Texas, but he transferred somewhere in Texas. He transferred there. Anyways, out for the year – but they return that quarterback, Sean Clifford. I have no idea who wins this game. I'm just I, – I don't know. Um, Bama at the U, 230 ABC. <laughs> Miami's plus – game. Miami's plus 18. At, yeah. It's not at home. It's in Atlanta. It's at right. the – it's at the whatever. Um, is Bryce Young the real deal? He's obviously going to be pretty damn good, but who knows? And you lose Devontae and you lose Waddle and – you get a new left tackle. Um, but that Nikhil Henry is very good for the Canes. I, I'm still probably going to take Bama. I'm probably just going to maybe take the over as well. Just why not? I think it's at like 63 or something. Uh, and then best game of the week, really, really strong. Georgia at Clemson, 630 ABC. Clemson's three-point favorites. Uh, DJ Ukulele and that unbelievable D-line that they have. I forgot. What, what that end's name is, but he's a freak. Georgia's going to be at, without their best receiver and possibly not their center. It sounds like their center might like slot over to guard if he can't go because he hurt his snapping hand. But I think going back to my prediction of national championship, Georgia's showing how legit they are and what this defense can do. Dogs. I think uh, a few people are though. Yeah, they do. If that's what I just said. Oh, sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't listening to you at all. Oh, really? Best weekend of the year. Everyone's undefeated. Um, a lot of excitement. So, everyone enjoy college game day listening to Home Depot commercial. It's always, always, you know. Where is it? It's got to be in, in Georgia Clemson, right? It has to be, right? I actually don't know. I don't know. I just want to hear do, 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 do. Uh, Where is it? College game day crew reveals. No, damn it. Just show me where it is. I love that though. Waking up on a Saturday morning, a little bit hungover, but not really hungover. And you hear the Home Depot commercial, and it's very inspiring. This is where stuff gets done. Do 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 do. Yeah, it's it's in it's in Georgia and Clemson. Yeah, I heard on the radio this morning there's a chance that ESPN gives us game day in Arkansas for some reason because OU or uh, Ohio State and Oregon is Fox and they don't like to promote the Fox game. They wait what? They don't – oh, because it's – oh, yeah. No, I, I've heard that too. I heard that they already talked to, like, people in Fayetteville, like, try to plan everything out, you know. Well, we're back. That's week one. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you all next week. Bye.
record it to do that's the whole point oh uh-huh. yeah i mean i'm ready to go honestly yeah. okay you know i'm kind of like kind of went through your notes today at lunch i have my talking points in my head i frankly don't know much about the defense so that's just gonna be my mute point for a while fine i've got put that throat pulled up and go do it that's too bad I'm out, but I don't know.